on the Creed. Indeed, I'm with uh, Tim Hare. This is Rob Lindley, and we're glad to be back with you again with uh, Genesis chapter 42. Tim, it's been a great, uh, great week this week, and uh, excited to be in the Word with you this morning. Genesis has been eye-opening for me and hopefully for our listeners to see all the themes and all that God is doing throughout the book. <clears throat> when you look at Genesis, Tim, what are some of the things that you see um, that ha- that have been impactful for your life? Uh, man, I, and I th- I think uh, so. It's good good to be with you again. As always, love love doing this. Um, but I really think we're we're kind of you know, as we're walking through the life of Joseph and, and in a lot of ways, Joseph's life um, is kind of a, a microcosm of the entire book of Genesis with kind of what goes on, but just how God continues to be faithful through difficult circumstances, uh, even when his children are not acting right, even when things look hopeless, um, yet God has a perfect plan and he continues to uh, be faithful to his promises. And so uh, for me, that's always an encouragement. And, and, you know, we've talked about this multiple times, but, you know, if you're like me, you kind of grow up thinking, and all the, all these guys in the Bibles, they're such, they're such heroes of the faith. And, and to an extent they are like, you know, there's certain things of that Abraham did that, that, you know, God's, not asking you and I to, you know, physically sacrifice our son. And and so there, there's certainly that, but man, these are just, these are broken people just like you and I who have some of the same exact struggles uh, and God continues to use them. And uh, so that's, that's been just a huge, you know, application as I think through Genesis and, you know, how we can just glean some, encouragement. What about you, Rob? Yeah, I think I think just the the hand of God throughout um, Genesis and seeing his plan unfold to crush the head of the serpent uh, all the way through, even even in the serpent's attempt to usurp um, the kingdom, I think God's hand is just at play all the way through. He's he's raising up um, even even in in each and every circumstance he's raising up individuals that are faithful um to him and obedient to to what he's called and he uses those individuals to um uh, continue the line uh continue um <clears throat> his plan of Christ coming and so i think for me uh just to see uh, god at work in orchestrating history towards the center towards Christ is uh, just a reminder to me that he's at work in my life every single day and that uh, he's going to bring about his glory uh, through me and even in my failures and um, that he is working amidst it all. So I think that's that's the the most comforting thing for me as as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's good. Tim, as we get to chapter 42, we are reminded that uh, 
God has a plan, and uh, Joseph and it, uh, is is now elevated um, to uh, a prominent position, and his brothers are now coming towards him. And uh, I think I think in forty two through forty five, we're we're going to see uh, that dream at the beginning of of Joseph now come to fruition as the brothers now come and uh, bow down to uh, the ruler Joseph who uh, has has gone from a slave and sold into slavery to now uh, second in command underneath the Pharaoh. So let's let's yeah. get into it, Tim. <clears throat> yeah, no, and and just to uh, I was listening uh, to a podcast that they're talking about Joseph and and in, they made an interesting comment about how uh, Joseph's life follows these uh, the dreams that he either has or interacts with. So at the beginning of the story, Joseph has two dreams and. Um, and they're about, you know, his family <clears throat> bowing down to him. And, and in a sense, he's at the top, right? He is the, he is the beloved son. He receives the royal robe. Uh, and then there's this uh, downward spiral in Joseph's life where he goes down to Egypt and he goes down into the pit. And, then at, and that's at the bottom of his life, so to speak, right? He's, he is now, right. metaphorically, he's dead. He's in the pit. Uh, but in the pit, there, there's he has interactions with two more dreams, right? Um, mm-hmm. Where with the two prisoners, and and uh, and from there he begins to go up, where he goes to Pharaoh, who has two dreams, uh, and so there's these double dreams at the stage of each of the kind of the major significant points of Joseph's life, uh, and now he's back on top. He's ruling, and, and the last time when we looked at. Uh, uh, Genesis 41, there's a, there's a lot of creation, Genesis uh, 1 and 2 language, where Joseph is seen as a new Adam, uh, and, mm-hmm. and, and Pharaoh is kind of metaphorically the Lord who has brought uh, Joseph out of the pit, and he's clothed him, he's given him his, his authority, uh, and so J- Joseph is now ruling and reigning, uh, and so that's kind of the, the major portion of, of Joseph's life. Like we've kind mm. of, we've, in a sense, we've, we've completed where he's at. He is the man in power now. And so now we kind of, kind of flash back to, uh, Joseph's brothers in, in Egypt in chapter 42. Um, and, and we're going to try to, to book our way through several chapters because I think for most of our listeners, um, these stories are, are very familiar. You know, if, if you want a, a helpful way to, to, to listen to our podcast, you know, we always, I always put the chapters in it so you can read that yourself and then perhaps come back and listen to the podcast we go through. So we're not going to read every single thing. Um, but what we have in Genesis 42 is the <coughs> famine that, uh, the, that Pharaoh dreamed about is now, um, full blow and, uh, it is, it has reached the land of Canaan and they are experiencing the famine uh, and so Jacob, uh, Joseph's father, has heard that there is uh, grain for sale in Egypt. And so he instructs Joseph's brothers to go and, and, get, some, and get some of this, uh, this food and bring it back so that we can, we can live. 
And so the brothers make the track to uh, they make the trek to Egypt, and it says in verse five. So here come the brothers from the land of Canaan to buy food. They've come uh, to Joseph himself, and it says in verse five, and Joseph recognized his brothers, but they did not recognize him. And Joseph remembered the dreams that he had dreamed of them. And he said to them, you are spies. You have come to see the nakedness of the land. They said to him, no, my Lord, your servants have come to buy food. We are all sons of one man. We are honest men. Your servants have never been spies. Uh, So Rob, why do you think, here's my question for you. Why do you think Joseph does this? Why, you know, what's, what's Joseph angle? Yeah, it's an interesting, here? it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting point that you made earlier about, uh, being a new Adam, being clothed and, and made a ruler. I do think that this is somewhat of a test for Joseph. Um, just like Adam and Eve were given a test in the garden failed the test. I do believe that this is, is somewhat of a test. Will he, um, uh, have, the character and nature of Christ of forgiveness of, of sin, or will he uh, hold um, in, in judgment and wrath against his brothers um, in anger? And, and I do think that uh, there's, there is a, there is a bit of a, um, of a, uh, of a recognition here of Joseph that immediately there's a lot of emotions flowing from uh, a man who has now seen his brothers that the that the time has come full circle and um he recognizes them and he's harsh with them immediately and I do think that uh there's a there's a lot here that's that's playing at place I I I don't know what um, in my mind, if I was Joseph, if I would be able to hold back uh, my emotions. Um, <clears throat> so I, I don't I don't know exactly what do you think, Tim? Yeah, no, I, I think it's I think I think you, you could be right that this is a you know, this is definitely a, a test for Joseph on how is he going to respond uh, and and what we're gonna what you see in the narrative is that you know that uh, Joseph holds back emotions right when he when um, later on in the story and so so he has still this deep love for his brothers um, and so I think I think yes there is a sense in which he's tested I think this is also uh, Joseph is setting up a test for his brothers mm, to see yeah. if they uh, have changed their hearts. Um, seeing if they have, have learned their lesson, if they've matured from, uh, doing them because he's going to arrange a situation, uh, which is almost the exact situation that Joseph was in with his brothers before. So he's going to take a brother, right. And keep him in Mm -hmm. Egypt and send the brothers back and he sends them back with with riches and with grain and everything that they need. And so his brothers have the opportunity 
to respond and do the very same thing that they did previously, which is, hey, okay, we've got food, we've got money, we can just tell our dad, oh, something happened, he died, a wild animal, just like Joseph, and and just, you know, he's giving them the opportunity to 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 do exactly what they did before, and so I think I think this is a a, a test for them, um, and in fact the uh, the brothers, uh, I believe they identify it. Um, oh no, no, Joseph in verse 14, he says, but Joseph said to them, uh, it is, as I said to you, you are spies by this, you shall be tested, uh, by the life of Pharaoh. You shall not go from this place unless your youngest brother comes here. Um, and so, so, so Joseph is, is setting up this test. I, I do think it's interesting because there's some words that um that 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 I, you know i haven't i haven't read any commentators that are making this connection but you have the mention of nakedness in verse 12 verse 14 mm. has this test um and so i i think this is language that that we're that are meant to clue the reader in okay this is a test that's going on uh and why nakedness well you think back to the garden of eden where uh Adam and Eve were, were naked. And so, so oftentimes the authors in scripture use words that are meant to jog the reader and think, oh, okay, I've, I've seen this word before. And I think that's what's going on here, that Joseph is arranging this test to see uh, if his brothers uh, have learned their lesson. Thoughts on that, Rob? No, yeah, I think, I think, um, I think verse 24 um really gives gives a lot of the emotion that Joseph is feeling here. And he turned away from them and wept. Um, they they have this 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 dialogue in wh- in which they're they're speaking in Hebrew and <clears throat> in um, um they they recall what happens. Um we are guilty concerning our brother and that we saw the distress of his soul when he begged us and we did not listen. That's why this distress has become upon us. And so they're relating They're really, they're talking about their sin. And uh, I think you're right in the test is, is to, is to see if repentance has come upon his brothers, how they will respond to uh, <clears throat> their other brother, their youngest brother, and and what will happen to them? But uh, Joseph is is emotionally exhausted. Not only does he see his brothers for the first time, he hears them talking about what they did to him, and that this guilt now is a response to what they have um, they deserve. And so, in essence, the gospel is really on display right here because Joseph actually does deserve to put them into prison. He does deserve for them to be cursed. He does deserve for them to be acted like spies because of what they did to him. And so the reality is is that the punishment that they deserve is uh, is is strong. They are guilty. They are guilty of selling their brother into slavery. And as a result, um, <clears throat> what will this 
guilt come across. I mean, it, it's almost the same as the gospel, right? Like we are guilty before a holy and righteous God. We are deserving of death. We have sinned against God himself. And in, in, in essence, what will Joseph as now God's uh, given ruler, as Adam and Eve were supposed to be on the earth, what will he do? Will he enact a uh, retaliative judgment upon uh, his servants, or will he give them grace, which is what ultimately Jesus does for us and God does by sending Jesus for us. And so the grace of God is on display here in the next few chapters as Joseph uh, shows grace to his brothers. But I think the, the text is really showing us they are deserving of, of death. Um, they are deserving yeah. of, of, of punishment for their sin. Remember your word to your servant. You've given me hope. You've given me hope. My comfort in my suffering is this your promise. Yeah, no, it's good. Now, I want to bring something out. Um, and again, this is something that I always get a little nervous when, uh, you know, I, I'm going to, I can't find this anywhere to, to, to support this, but I, I think this is the case. Um, so in, you know, one of the things when I, when I, when I read scripture. Now, now you are a uh, biblical theologian studying your doctorate. <laughs> so I wouldn't apologize for your right. takes on biblical theology since you are adding to the scholarly wisdom you you're going to be writing your own commentary soon so you might as well just go ahead and say this is what uh i believe is 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 happening here in the text not this is what i believe is happening here in the text there you go uh in verses um let's see 21 so let me just let me just read this. It says, And they said to one another, In truth, we are guilty concerning our brother, and that we saw the distress of his soul when he begged us, and we did not listen. So keep, you know, just kind of take a mental note of that word listen. That is why this distress has come upon us. And Reuben answered them, Did I not tell you not to sin against the boy? But you did not listen. Same word. Uh, by the way, that word listen is is Shema in Hebrew. Um, so now they're uh, comes a reckoning for his blood. They did not know that Joseph understood them. In Hebrew, that word for understood is Shema. It's the same word. It's, it's listen. They, mm. they did, uh, for there uh, was an interpreter between them. Um, and then it says in verse 24, and then he turned away from them and wept, and he returned to them and spoke to them, and he took Simeon from them and bound him before their eyes. Now, Rob, why, most of the time you just read right through this, but but here's the question I have: Why does Joseph take Simeon of all the brothers? Um, you know what's? Do you know what's? Do you know what Simeon's name means? No, I don't. So so this is back in, uh, is it? I can't remember what chapter, but where you know, uh, Leah is, is having having the kids, uh, his name means God hears. 
it's it's mm. it's the it's a it's a root word of 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 Shema, s- s- right? Uh, Simeon, Shimeon. Uh and so so there seems to be this play, and and actually the whole chapter started off um, in uh, verse two, where 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 Jacob is speaking. He says, "Behold, I have heard." that there is grain from the cell. So there's all this hearing that's going on. And Jacob hears this, the brothers, uh, they said, we didn't, we didn't listen to Joseph. Joseph is listening to them. And, but then Joseph takes Simeon and he takes the one whose name means God has heard. Mm. And, and I think this, this is a, a, a clue that Joseph is, he takes Simeon because he, he wants his brothers to know that God has heard them. And, and they don't know this. They have no idea what's going right. on. They're, they're attributing all of this. Oh man, we're, God is repaying us uh, for what is happening. Uh, that's kind of their, their mentality. Uh, but, but Joseph now is making these connections. He's understanding God's plan and all of this that had, had his brothers not done what they did, then his family would be, would, would have no hope right now. They would, mm-hmm. they would, they would die in the famine. Joseph is making this connection, and he takes the very brother whose name means God has heard. Uh, and so I think it's mm. a clue to, to the reader to say, okay, God's, God's working in this. Um, God, is, God is providing. And I think Joseph knows this. The brothers are clueless, right? <laughs> They're kind of clueless right. throughout the story. Uh, but I think that's, that's one of the intentions that the author is making here, uh, is that God has heard them. Um, and, and immediately the rest of the story is, is his brothers, they go back and what they find is that the grain has been filled in their sacks, but, but the money that they bought the grain with has been returned to them. So they just, they got it all for free and they're afraid of that. They're like, what in the world has Mm -hmm. happened? We paid for this. And now, you know, they're going to, uh, this, this, this man in Egypt is going to think that we haven't paid for this. And so they're scared and they, they feel like, you know they uh they're just terrified um and so you get to the end of 42 and and the request of of joseph has been um hey i want you to go back and i want you to get the youngest brother and bring him to me and uh which is which is joseph's because it's you know joseph and benjamin were both of Rachel. So that's, that's Joseph's true brother. Uh, and, and when his brothers return, Jacob refuses and he says, no, I've already lost one. So he, he's lost Joseph in his mind. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lose another. This is not going to happen. And so that's kind of where chapter 42 ends. Do you have any other thoughts in 42, Rob? Yeah, I, I think that, um, um, I think that statement um, that Jacob makes, my, my son shall not go down with you for his brother is dead and he is the only one left. If harm should happen to him on the journey you are to make, you would bring down my gray hairs with sorrow to Sheol. I think there's a, there is a understanding of the love that Jacob has for um, not only Joseph, but here at, for Benjamin. And so the, the precious uh, love of a father and his son, I think is displayed in the New Testament as, 
as as Jesus is called the Son with the Father. And so the one and only Son, the only begotten Son who has given his life. Uh, I think I think there is there is a connection here with with the the fact of Jacob's love for his son. Um, he is reluctant to give his son, and yet um, the father has given the son uh, as a ransom for the many. And so again, you have the ransom theme here with Simeon and uh, Benjamin. Later, but also you also have this idea that um, the the preciousness of Christ as as being called the Son, um, given for the sins of the world. I, I, I do think that that you you are you are seeing um, on display the love that God has for His people, uh, His creation. And so, um, <clears throat> in regard to this, Jacob is is showing the love of the Father and the Son, and his um, hesitancy to give um, to give the one and only Son. So, I mean, si- similar to Abraham and Isaac, um, this 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 flows down the, the genealogy to Jacob. Yeah, oh, that's good. Um, so then in chapter 43, uh, food has run out. Um, verse one begins now the famine was severe in the land. So food has run out and there's no other choice to them, uh, but <coughs> to go back to Egypt. That's the only place that has food. And so, uh, yeah. Jacob then, you know, the, says to them, go again and buy it. And verse uh, three, but Judah said to him, the man solemnly warned us saying, you shall not see my face unless your brother is with you. Uh, if you will send our brother with us, we will go down and buy you food. And so very reluctantly, uh, Jacob allows Benjamin to go with them. Uh, and, and, and basically Judah, Judah says like, if anything happens to him, like then, then you can take my life. Right. Um, Mm. he says in verse eight, and Judah said to Israel, his father, send the boy with me and we will arise and go that we may live and not die. Both we and you and also our little ones. I will be a pledge of his safety from my hand. You shall require him. If I do not bring him back to you and set him before you, then let me bear the blame forever. If we had not delayed, we would now have returned twice. Um, and, and this is just, I think this is setting us up for what Judah is going to do. Um, we have, we have criticized Judah rightfully. So, um, you know, in, in a lot of ways, Judah is, has been contrasted with Joseph. Uh, Judah was unfaithful and, um, J- Joseph has been very faithful, but, but, but now we're going to see some growth and maturity in, in Judah's life and, and, we're, we're, we're set up for what's going to take place. Um, so, so, and Judah and Benjamin will be uh, the southern southern kingdom. Uh, Judah and Benjamin, you know, Saul will be uh, from Benjamin, but but David will be from Judah. And and in essence, Judah and Benjamin are the the remnant. 
you know, of Israel, uh, as, as it goes, continues down in the story, the other 10 tribes are, are, are pretty much wiped out, but, um, Judah and Benjamin is, is the Southern part. I mean, it's David's kingdom. It's, it's the kingdom that goes, that, that continues on. Um, so it's an interesting, it's interesting that, that right here, there is is a connection between Judah and Benjamin. Yeah, no, I've never thought about that. And, and it's, it's also interesting that, that, you know, Judah and Benjamin, they aren't the, uh, they're not biological brothers, right? So, so mm-hmm. Judah is of Leah, Benjamin, uh, is of Rachel. Um, and so, so yeah, they are the ones that will, will merge together and become Judah. Uh, but, um, but yeah, so, so the brothers come and Joseph, uh, receives them and, uh, he says in verse, um, so, so they come, they bring presents right down in verse 15. So the men took this present and they took double the money with them and Benjamin. They arose and went down to Egypt and stood before Joseph. Um, verse 16, when Joseph saw Benjamin with them, he said to the steward of his house, bring the men into the house and slaughter an animal and make ready for the men are to dine with me at noon. So, so that he's treating them very, very royal, royally. Um, and they come in, they come before him. Um, and, and, uh, uh, he, he, in verse 26, says, when Joseph came home, uh, they brought into the house to him the present that they had with them and bowed down to him to the ground. And he inquired about their welfare and said, is your father well? Uh, the old man of whom you spoke, is he still alive? They said, your servant, our father is well. He is still alive. And they bowed their heads and prostrated themselves. Uh, and he lifted up his eyes and saw his brother, Benjamin, his mother's son, and said, is this your youngest brother of whom you spoke to me? God be gracious to you, my son. Um, and then you get, have this very emotional moment for Joseph. Then Joseph hurried out for his compassion grew warm for his brothers, uh, for his brother. And he sought a place to weep and he entered his chamber and wept there. And so you just see this very emotional moment for Joseph, um, where he, he, his, his, his heart, it says it grows, grows warm for his brother. Uh, and then he comes back out and he wines and dines them, right? Uh, but, but what's interesting is that he gives Benjamin the larger portions, right? Um, now what, why do you think that is Rob? Why does, why is he, why is he doing all this for Benjamin? Well, Benjamin, Benjamin is, is, is his favorite. I can't remember is, is Joseph, um, is Benjamin born before Joseph leaves? Or is does he come after Joseph is uh, I th- has? I think has Benjamin. Left. I think Benjamin is born before Joseph has left. But he doesn't recognize him, so it's an interesting dynamic here that he he well he asks. I don't know if he recognizes him or not, but he at least asks, "Is this the youngest son?" Um, and and I think <clears throat> I think one of the things that that he's doing here. Uh, I think he's he's showing showing his love for for Benjamin, but I think in in essence he's he's giving him um, the the 
the treatment of of royalty. He's given him the the larger portion. He's given him the the portion as he would the the firstborn. And and I think he's he's uh, he's showing his love. What what is he doing here, Tim? Well, no, I no, I think you're right. I, but I think he's he's again going to set up his brothers for a test, right? Yeah. So so what what did Jacob do to Joseph? Uh, Jacob was or Joseph was Jacob's favorite son, and so he mm-hmm. he received the royal robe, he received the royal treatment, um, and his brothers grew jealous of that. And so now, once again, Joseph is setting up a scenario to test his brothers to see if they've learned their lesson. He's he's going to treat Benjamin as royalty. He's going to give him larger portions. He's going to do special things for Benjamin that he's not going to do to the others. And he's giving, so he's he's basically giving his the other brothers every reason to say, oh man, we're just forget Benjamin. We're, we'll just right. we'll just leave him just like we did Joseph. And so he's wanting to see. Uh, if if the hearts of his brothers have changed, if they've recognized their sin, I think, um, which is exactly mm-hmm. what happens in in the next chapter, in chapter forty four, uh, the the um, the brothers return home. They were ret- but on their way. Um, let's see. Um, he puts the the cup into yes. the Benjamin sack, sack of right? Benjamin. Yes, and they don't have a clue, so they're on their way back to Canaan, jo- and and Joseph's men have been charged. Hey, go get them! They 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 stole this from me, and and uh, I think it's Judah says, "Look, whoever has this," um, he says in verse six, "When he overtook them, he spoke to them these words. They said to him." Why does my Lord speak such words as these? Far be it from your servants to do such a thing. We haven't taken the cup, right? Behold, the, right. the, the money that we found uh, in the mouths of our sacks we brought back to you from the land of Canaan. How <coughs> could we steal silver or gold from your Lord's house? Whichever of your servants is found with it shall die, and we also will be my Lord's servants. So that's what they sound like. We haven't done anything. If, if you find any of it, that person's going to die, and we're all going to be your servants. So, so, you know, Joseph is just setting them up to, <laughs> for absolute failure. Um, and it, then in verse 12, it says, And he searched beginning with the eldest and ending with the youngest, and the cup was found in Benjamin's sack. Then they tore their clothes, and every man loaded his donkey, and they returned to the city. <laughs> so it's just, a, I mean, what a scene. Like, what, what are you having to be feeling if you're, joseph's brothers here right like mm-hmm. you know your your gut has just been you know just been a huge gut punch uh and so so they return and then um this is where uh this is where judah he just confesses to joseph right um says uh, because, because, uh, oh yeah, uh, verse 14, it says, when Judah and his brothers came to Joseph's house, he was still there. They fell before him to the ground. Joseph said to them, what deed is this that you have done? Do you not know that a man like me can indeed practice divination? And Judah said, uh, what shall we say to my Lord? What shall we speak? Or how can we clear ourselves? God has found out the guilt of your servants. Behold, we are my Lord's servants. 
both we and he also in whose hand the cup has been bound. Now it's interesting because uh, Joseph knows their guilt. He knows what they're really guilty of. Mm. Uh, and Judah knows what they're very, what they're really guilty of. But, but the way that Judah phrases it, it he's, he's, you know, he's assuming that Joseph is, is just, you know, thinking of oh, the wrong of stealing my cup. But, but Judah is recognizing, oh, we've messed up before. Now God is paying us back for that. Right. That's right. what, that's what Judah thinks. Um, and he says in verse 17, but he said, far be it from me that I should do so only the man, uh, or no, no, Joseph is saying, so, so, uh, uh, he says, um, we are my Lord's servant. So basically he's saying, we're, we're, we will all serve you. And so I said, no, 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 I'm just going to keep Benjamin. I'm just going to keep Benjamin, just, just the one who has the cup. And then in verse 19, then Judah went up to him and said, oh, my Lord, please let your servant speak a word in my Lord's ears and let not your anger burn against your servant. For you are like Pharaoh himself. My Lord asked his servant saying, have you a father or a brother? Uh, and we said to my, my Lord, we have a father, an old man and a young brother, the child of his old age. His brother is dead and he alone is left of his mother's children and his father loves him. Then you said to your servants, bring him down to me that I may set my eyes on him. We said to my Lord, the boy cannot leave his father for if he should leave his father, his father would die. Then you said to your servants, unless your youngest brother comes down with you, you shall not see my face again. When we went back to your servant, my father, we told him the words of my Lord. And when our father said, go again, buy us a little food, we said, we cannot go down. So he's just rehearsing the story. Verse 30, now, therefore, as soon as I come to your servant, my father and the boy is not with us. Then as his life is bound up in this boy's life, as soon as he sets, uh, he sees that the boy is not with us, he will die. And your servant will bring down the gray hairs of your servant, our father, uh, the servant, our father with sorrow to Sheol. Uh, for your servant became a pledge of safety. Now in verse, down in verse 33, he says, now, therefore, please let your servant remain instead of the boy uh, as servant to my Lord and let the boy go back with his brother. So here's what Jude is doing. He's completely learned his lesson. He's got, they have every right to leave Benjamin and just go back. But Judah takes the, is, is willing to take the place of Benjamin. Right? So, so, so don't mess. Mm. Remember who, who Judah is. Uh, we know Judah is going to be uh, the son of promise. We know that uh, Judah is going to receive at the end of Genesis. He's going to receive the the, the the blessing and and the prof, the prophetic um, words that that from him is going to come a king. And so here's Judah, the the great 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 grandfather of Jesus, who's now offering himself in place of his brother, uh, mm. willing to sacrifice his life. And so you get a you get a picture of a substitute going on here, and and that Judah has now. Um, his heart is completely changed. He understands his guilt, and he's and he's and he's trying to to, to make things right. What are your thoughts? Ryan? And it and it's that uh, and it's that um, 
that sacrifice or the willingness to sacrifice for Benjamin that breaks the the curse. I mean, or breaks the the penalty of of what they've done, and and as a result, the ruler who is Joseph shows grace and favor upon his brothers. And so, you know, it's the precursor to the grace that is given by Joseph here, but it is again, the act of, of a gospel like um, action of Judah that brings about that grace. And so, you know, the, the grace of God, not only, um, not only, brings about Christ upon the cross, but then it's the grace of God that forgives to forgive the sin through the sacrifice of Christ. And so, you know, it's 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 definitely seen in this story as as Judah's sacrifice now brings about forgiveness of of the brothers. As as we read here in verse 45, then Joseph could not control himself before all those who stood by him. He cried, make everyone go out from me. So no one stayed with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers and he wept aloud. So the Egyptians heard it and the household of Pharaoh heard it. And Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him for they were dismayed at his presence. Um. <clears throat> And then he says, come near to me, please. They came near and he said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here for God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years and there yet five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all, his house and ruler over all the land of Egypt. Tim, yeah. this is this is really uh, a big deal, what Joseph says here. Tell me, tell me what your thoughts are on what about what he says here. Well, it's just it's just Joseph understanding what has taken place, right? Um, he he now looks back and can see that God's hand was over everything. Uh, that that it it you know God is working through the evil intentions of his brother's heart, and that's what is going to get declared later on. And and what I think is a is an excellent summary verse of Genesis. And we'll get to that maybe next week, um, but uh, but yeah, he just just his he you know he 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 identified that God sent me here, God sent me here, um, but God he has made me a father to Pharaoh. So it's a recognition that all of this was in God's hands, so that a remnant might survive, that his family could have food and be provided for, and had those things not happened. Um, then, then his family would be in a in a tragic situation, and they would be completely hopeless. And so now, God has placed him 
to be able to rule and is he's reigning and it's interesting he, he says a, a father to pharaoh right so so in some ways he sees himself over pharaoh that pharaoh doesn't have a clue what he's doing um and and in this position now to to bring to bring blessing to his brothers and um again i was i was uh it was the same podcast but uh they were just identifying just how joseph's life uh in in a lot of ways uh mirrors Christ and what Christ uh has done um that that Joseph is a um that Joseph is a is a is a suffering servant of types right that he is um he 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 has laid down his life for the sake of of his brothers and and his brothers betrayed him and wanted to kill him and yet Joseph has has forgiven them and uh, and he's he's now bringing blessing to his brother. That's that is a you know that's exactly that's the pattern that we're going to see in the life of Christ, right? That mm. uh, Christ is going to suffer. Christ is going to uh, to lay down his life for his brothers, and he's going to uh, forgive his brothers who betrayed him and who left him, right? Uh, mm. And then he's going to restore them, and he's going to be a blessing to them, and so. Uh, so you can just see that this is a pattern that's that's going to play out uh, throughout Scripture, but but specifically in the life of Christ, um, that is going to mirror Joseph's life. Breaking it down to everyday life, Tim, can you, as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, take the harm and the hurt that people have done against you and say, "Hey, look." I know that you did this against me, but it was the Lord's will for this to happen so that X, Y, and Z could, could happen in my life. You know, you know, you think, you think through all of that and that that's some bold steps, right? To, to be like, Hey, I know that you did this against me, but look, this was actually God's plan for this to happen. I'm not holding this against you any longer. Um, you know, I mean, if we as Christians could um, have that kind of total forgiveness where we trust in the sovereign plan of God, even in our um, hurts and our pains that, that people have had against us. I, I think of the church often... A lot of people leave the church um, because of hurts and pains that that have happened to um, them because of other people. And, um, you know, instead of always looking inward and saying, uh, woe is me, why did this happen? Maybe I should leave the church. It's a hurting place. You know, what what is God trying to do through those pains and failures? to impact your life for the kingdom of God. It may be, um, you know, in Joseph's case, it's obviously a physical uh, need in which he wanted Joseph in a, in a position to create that physical need. But, but sometimes it's, it's to help other people in the church um, that, that have gone through some of the similar pain and, and hurts that you've gone through. Sometimes it's it's uh, to 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 bring you or mature you in your faith, um, 
in your steadfastness of love. It's sometimes it's to give you uh, the ability to speak to people who who find themselves without hope. I don't know all the answers to these questions, but God does use the hurts and the pains for His glory. If if God's people will allow to see God in the midst of all of that, and I've seen it over and over and over again in which major pains in the life of people have been used uh, for his glory. I actually talked to somebody yesterday who said that um, they went through uh, a lot of depression. Uh, they were a pastor's kid and, and went through a lot of depression and and even uh, um, almost suicide uh, when they were in high school. And they are... They're now um, in in high school. They received uh, counseling through a pastor, and uh, were able to get back on track and understand God's love for them. And as a result of that pastor's uh, counseling in this young man's life, he now has turned around and he is uh, finishing his degree to be a licensed counselor. And what a picture, right? Like of of someone who's been hurt, even even he said deep wounds in the church is now coming back, uh, turning around and and uh, wants to give his life to to other young people who are hurting. That's just a, that's just a beautiful picture of of Joseph and the story of Joseph, even yeah, playing no. out in today's world. That's that's excellent. That's really good. Um, uh, yeah, I think. You know, I don't think you will ever regret being able to forgive somebody. Like if I think back to my life and in times where someone has wronged me and I've been a, in a position to offer forgiveness and I, and, and, you know, yes, there's the way in the gospel, you know, we can, we can go to, to Christ and, and, <clears throat> And, um, you know, say, because of, because the fact we've been forgiven, we need to forgive others, but sometimes forgiveness is hard, but I just want to say, like, I've, I've never looked back and say, oh, I've, I regret offering somebody forgiveness, um, as people who, who have been saved and have been redeemed by Christ and have been forgiven, um, that is now who we are. And when we're able to truly and genuinely give forgiveness to somebody uh we are living out the way we're supposed to live we are being christ-like um and so yeah that's that's excellent uh so so just to finish off this chapter um just a brief summary uh joseph has revealed himself to his brothers he then um goes he, he tells pharaoh and pharaoh's all excited like yeah let's let's get your family here go go be with your your father bring him and so uh, verse 21, the sons of Israel did so, and Joseph gave them wagons according to the command of Pharaoh and gave them provisions for the journey. So they're going back. Um, it says in verse 25, Blessed. so they went, they went up out of Egypt and came to the land of Canaan to their father, Jacob, and they told him, Joseph is still alive and he is ruler over all the land of Egypt. And his heart became numb and he did not believe them. But when they told him all the words of Joseph, which he had said to them, and when he saw the wagons that Joseph had sent to carry him and the spirit of their father, Jacob revived. 
And Israel said, it is enough. Joseph, my son, is still alive. I will go and see him before I die. Um, and so so that's that's where we'll end today of of Jacob is is now going to go to Egypt to see his son to be reunited to him and and that's where you know we'll, we'll hope we might even be able to finish out Genesis the next time but um, that's where the book is going to end with with all of Israel their whole family reunited with Joseph back in Egypt um, being provided for reunited and it feels so good tim it it's 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 a great thing not only do they receive total forgiveness but then they are completely blessed and that's what god does for us he not only forgives us completely but then blesses our socks off and that's what a picture of of god's blessing in our own life so Tim, it's been it's been a joy. So yeah, that's going to uh, conclude our time today. If uh, if you have found you you've just enjoyed listening to our podcast, we strongly uh, encourage you to to um, you can give us uh, some feedback on wherever you listen and whether it's Spotify or iTunes. Uh, we great, greatly appreciate uh, those who have taken some time just to express their. Uh, whatever they like about the podcast. If you don't like it, that's fine too. But uh, but yeah, it's been good to be with you today. And uh, we look forward to hopefully the next time closing out Genesis. So uh, we uh, appreciate you guys and uh, look forward to what lies ahead. God bless. Thank you for listening to Creed Indeed. We are a podcast seeking to discuss biblical truth and its application to everyday life. If you are enjoying the conversations that Rob and I are having, then we'd like to encourage you to subscribe to our podcast and consider giving us a rating and some feedback as well as like our page on Facebook. That will allow us to better be able to interact with our listeners. Our theme music, entitled King of the Mountain, is by our dear friend Erskine Anavitarte. And our interlude and concluding music comes to you from a very talented husband and wife duo called Poor Bishop Hooper. All of their information can be found in the show notes below each episode. We want to close with this verse from Isaiah 40, verse 8. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Grace and peace.